is your insulin sensitivity more important than your HbA1c? Hi, my name's Paul Coker. I've been living with type 1 diabetes for 45 years, and I love the science of diabetes, especially when that science translates into real actions that I can take that make my diabetes easier to live with. And I love the science so much that I went back to university and I picked up a master's degree in diabetes practice. So what? Why should you care? Well, I want to use my experience and my knowledge to help you to build more strategies for your diabetes management toolkit that will make your diabetes easier to manage, easier to live with and improve your quality of life without ever restricting the amount of carbohydrates that you eat. Sounds like a bold claim and to do that firstly we need to talk about your insulin sensitivity. Here's what we're going to cover in the next nine minutes or so. Why your insulin sensitivity is really important to your diabetes management, your overall health and your quality of life and how it may even help to reduce your risk of complications. If you watch to the end of this video I will share with you a tool that you can use to calculate your insulin sensitivity. This is for adults with type 1 diabetes, although the tool and the knowledge is equally applicable in type 2 diabetes. First, a couple of disclaimers. I'm not a healthcare professional. I've never been a healthcare professional. I can't help you with your insulin requirements, your insulin needs, or any other medical needs. In other words, you must always seek qualified medical help when it's appropriate to do so. Second, I'm going to switch between using the terms insulin sensitivity and insulin resistance. How are they different? They're two sides of the same coin. We measure your sensitivity to insulin, but your results are reported in terms of insulin resistance, but essentially they're the same thing. If you're like most people living with diabetes, you want to make your diabetes a little bit easier to live with. And of course, that's going to improve your quality of life. And this probably won't be the first presentation that you've ever seen about diabetes. And to be honest, most of what you've seen, you've probably felt disappointing, especially when there's a sales pitch at the end for cinnamon or okra to cure your diabetes. This will be different, and here's how. First, this is based upon peer-reviewed studies that included 19,201 adults living with type 1 diabetes. Second, the evidence measured insulin resistance it measured insulin sensitivity and reported insulin resistance and diabetes outcomes for up to seven years. And that means that those studies had large populations over a long duration. Generally speaking, that suggests that the data from them is good and probably represents your experience of living with diabetes. Third, the only sales pitch you're going to find here is an invitation to calculate your own insulin sensitivity. Why is insulin sensitivity important, especially in type 1 diabetes? Well, there are many reasons. The one you're going to notice first is that the more sensitive to insulin you are, the more predictable your insulin will be. In simple terms, that means that you're likely to have fewer of those occasions where your insulin seems like it's turned to water. You know those occasions where your blood glucose level is really high and you give a shot of insulin and nothing happens. And then you give another shot of insulin and nothing happens and you end up giving these huge amounts of insulin sometimes called rage bonuses and then a few hours later bang your insulin starts working and you end up with a hyper and it's awful isn't it what if we could do something 
to reduce the, how often that happens? What if we could do something to reduce how severe they are? When your insulin seems like it's turned to water, it's often a sign that you have some temporary insulin resistance. However, you may also be experiencing a long-term form of insulin resistance. Wait a minute. Insulin resistance is a type 2 thing. Type 1 is about not being able to produce insulin or not being able to produce enough insulin because we've lost the beta cell population, isn't it? Well, that's partly true, but let's go back to the evidence. A study was performed in Sweden that included 17,050 adults with type 1 diabetes and it followed them for seven years. The researchers concluded that 51.1% of the population in the study had insulin resistance. That's 51.1% of people living with type 1 diabetes in Sweden had insulin resistance. But so what? Why should you care? Let's be honest, diabetes is hard to manage, isn't it? You don't need something else to worry about. Well, the Swedish research team also concluded that there was a strong association between insulin resistance and cardiovascular disease, which is the biggest killer in people with type 1 diabetes, or in people with all types of diabetes, to be honest. And there was also another risk associated with death from any cause. So it starts looking like it might be quite important, but can you reduce the risk associated with insulin resistance just by having a great HbA1c? In 2021, a study was conducted in the UK, or a study was published that had been conducted in the UK, and it looked at the relationship between insulin resistance, HbA1c, and complications of type 1 diabetes in 2,151 adults. And they did this by calculating something called the estimated glucose disposal rate. We'll talk more about that in a moment. The higher your estimated glucose disposal rate is, the more insulin sensitive you are. The lower, the more insulin resistant you are. And the research, I'm going to quote now, and the research has found, individuals with the highest estimated glucose disposal rate category had the lowest complication rates, regardless of HbA1c levels, indicating that HbA1c is not the sole predictor of microvascular and macrovascular complications in people with type 1 diabetes. The highest complication rate was demonstrated in those with low estimated glucose rate and high HbA1c. We also analysed the association between components of estimated glucose disposal rate and complications with results demonstrating that estimated glucose disposal rate as a whole shows the strongest association with complications. Wow, in other words, managing your HbA1c is really important. But on, its, but on its own, it doesn't appear to be enough to reduce and mitigate your risks of complications of your diabetes. Can improving your insulin sensitivity improve your overall health and your quality of life? It's a good question. The people I work with typically improve their insulin sensitivity and that results in improvements in HbA1c, lower blood pressure and lower cholesterol. But even more importantly, as their insulin sensitivity improves, their insulin becomes more predictable, meaning fewer rage shots of insulin, rage boluses, fewer hypos, 
more time in range. And that means there's less of these instances where your insulin seems like it's turned to water and less of those instances where it's suddenly somebody has switched on the insulin tap again. I have no way of knowing what your insulin sensitivity is, what your HbA1c is, what your lipid or cholesterol levels are, what your timing range is right now. So I can't make any promises to you about the exact results you would get in improving your insulin sensitivity. And there is a really important saying in diabetes. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Meaning if, you're, if you've already got great results, don't change anything. But if you feel that your results could be improved, maybe, just maybe, it is time to fix it. Would it be okay with you if I'm brutally honest? We both know that fear of complications or avoidance of complications from your diabetes isn't likely to motivate you. What really matters to you is what happens on a day-to-day sense, making your diabetes a little easier to manage, making your diabetes a little more predictable, improving the quality of your life. If that also results in a risk reduction for complications of your diabetes, that's a win-win scenario. And in the next video, we're going to talk about what you can do to improve your insulin sensitivity. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The big question is how do you measure your insulin sensitivity? The best tool for measuring insulin sensitivity is a complicated lab procedure called the euglycemic insulin clamp test. It's difficult to perform, really time consuming for you and the staff that are needed to perform it. And that means it's really expensive. And that means it's not practical to use in a normal clinical setting. It's normally only reserved for research studies. The good news is that there is a simple calculation that can be performed called the estimated glucose disposal rate. And researchers in Sweden and the UK use this and it appears to give similar results to the gold standard, the euglycemic insulin clamp test. And the even better news is that in a few moments, I'm going to give you a spreadsheet that you can use to calculate your estimated glucose disposal rate using exactly the formula that the Swedish research team used. To get your copy of the spreadsheet, click on the link below this video. Fill in the simple form telling me your email address and I will email you a copy of the spreadsheet for free. I promise I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to share your details with anybody else. I just want to help you. You may be wondering what you could do to improve your insulin sensitivity. That's a great question. I will be covering that topic in the next video. In case you're wondering, it doesn't mean that you've got to restrict the amount of carbohydrates that you're eating, as I promised earlier. Honestly, this is all based on science and evidence and my experiences too. Click on the link below the video to get your free spreadsheet now. Thank you for your time today. And I look forward to seeing you on the next video.